1: Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. On W4WN, a platform for the unheard.
0: Good morning, Australia, and good evening, America. You're listening to your host, Tony Lontis, live on Radio Tony, and I'm so glad to be here this week. Uh, We will be talking a little bit later to the beautiful Christine Stowe when she answers your questions from the last show, but just a little reminder... We had to abandon last week's show due to a major weather event here in Queensland, Australia. And I hate to do that, but we were losing power and internet intermittently, which makes hosting a live show almost impossible. Um, And I speak to you now a week later and it is still pelting down rain and the river is rising yet again. For another day, and um, I was talking to the gorgeous Rebel pre-show, saying, "I just want to get through one show, and then I can worry about the rising of the river, which is just about a hundred metres away from our place at the moment." I also was worried about the level of rain that you could hear in the recording, because it's belting down, people. Now, just a reminder, you can jump on to any of the websites to find out what's happening on Radio Tony on a regular basis. We will be taking a two week break after today's show and uh, having a bit of a Christmas holiday. I want to just say I'm so appreciative to all of those that you who listen to the show on a regular basis. I really love that you take the time to invest your precious hours listening to Radio Tony and our amazing guests. I will put up in the next break the links to where you can connect with me. I now have lots of things available on the website from free downloadables to little ebooks, courses, and information. And in 2021, I hope to be sharing more of that with you, the listeners. So we are going to welcome back the gorgeous Christine Stowe, who came to talk to us about the book she wrote called More Than Imagines. Mother. Not Just Imogen's Mother is a touching memoir of one woman's journey from despair to triumph through discovering the joy and wonder of having a special needs child. Christine returns to answer the week before last questions from you the listeners. Good morning Christine.
2: Hi Tony and thanks so much for having me on both last week and today and I loved your program like listening to what you have to say and I have to say I love Queensland, you know, beautiful one day, sunshine the next. But one of the things that I couldn't get over when I was up there, it was hot when it rained.
0: Yes, yes. It it uh, The humidity this last week, which um, listeners in um, Florida and Louisiana will be familiar with that level of humidity when it's completely hot and the the weather, the the air feels like it's just it's so heavy and wet. It's really tiring, and of course, by this time this week, there's no way we thought that the the weather and the rain would be hanging around this long. But um, overnight, we've had a few more. Uh, downpours and yes i just walked out to see where the river was before i jumped on the show and thought oh my goodness that's rising fast so christine thank you very much for coming back on radio tony we love having you we've got some wonderful questions from our listeners and the first one is what was wrong with your gorgeous child imogen
2: so Imogen has a muscle condition which is called Swartz Jampal syndrome. So that's a genetic condition, and what it means is that she has stiff muscles. So the the way her genes are, her muscles are stiff. So it's it pulls her bones out of place. So it means that she's had to have her hips put back into place with braces, um, back brace, all sorts of things like that. So and also because the muscles don't work quite right she can't chew so now she's fed directly into her stomach and she doesn't walk or talk so it looks like cerebral palsy but it's Uh not cerebral palsy
0: yeah oh and christine did you tell me last week that it was a genetic condition
2: that's right it's a genetic condition so it's not something that was caused by something so one of the questions was that i saw somebody asked did it happen at childcare but it was it was genetic so it was something that she's had from conception and it's something I probably recognized in retrospect from birth yeah it wasn't like when I brought her home from the hospital she was stiff she was difficult to put into the the baby capsule but I didn't really know what was going on so it wasn't until she was three months of age that we actually started going through diagnosis.
0: And she's your second child, so you uh, sort of sensed, as a mother, that there was something that wasn't right with her.
2: I absolutely did. I absolutely did from the start that she was she was jumpy. She was, you know, flickering to lights. She was, and she just wasn't right. And I asked the child and maternal health nurse when they come around at three days, and she yeah. said, "No, no, we don't diagnose anything till later on." But so we found out about three months of age.
0: Now, I know that I meant to ask last week, does she have a lot of pain, Christine, or does she recognise pain?
2: She, she doesn't, she just kind of goes along with things. Like if, she's, if she uh-huh. has pain, she doesn't cry or and I get, look, if she is in pain when she's had fevers and things, she does kind of whimper or cry. She, mm-hmm. used, to, she used to be more vocal so she's as as she's got older, it's become more difficult for her. the The muscles being stiff have it means that her condition has deteriorated. So she used to vocalise, she used to eat. Um, so I don't think that she's in in pain because I think that uh-huh. she's why or let me know.
0: Good okay that's good to know. So one of the other questions was what made the special situation with your child and I think that question is around what do you mean what do we mean when we talk about a special needs child?
2: Yeah so special needs I'm not sure if it's um, universal worldwide but when we say special needs in Australia it's it means that there's something not right about your child or something with disability so it might mean anyway for Imogen she's got physical conditions that mean that She's not like a normal child,
0: so she has to be um, fed specially. She has to be toilet special, t- specially. She has you need hoists and things to help move her around, and she's permanently in a wheelchair. Christine, that's
2: right. She's permanently in a wheelchair, and she she can't chew, so she yeah she's fed directly to her stomach.
0: Yeah, and that's a little tube that goes in through the belly button and um, food is popped directly into her tummy for her so she receives the nutrition she needs to um, get through the day yeah
2: that's right so she's got a little a little button so it's a cute little button and a little pump that pumps yes
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) that's awesome i i was just i was thinking about how far things have come since when i started nursing and mm-hmm. you had to gravity feed the peg tubes into the stomach of the patient with a huge big uh Model like, that,
2: yeah that you had to hang yes i so, know yes. this little pump yes. I think everyone should have a little pump it just takes all the guesswork out of your calories and all that i think it's great
0: i have just <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking, Christine. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. I'm so glad she has one of those. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. next question was, um, did your ex leave because of the child or because of you?
2: Because I of... <laughs> Look, the, the relationship didn't work. I loved him dearly and if I had a choice, I would love it to have worked out, but it didn't. So it, I don't think it was, it wasn't because of Imogen and, and I don't, no. That we can put the blame on in Imogen. No, they just, yes. were just didn't work.
0: Um, do you still have contact with him and does he still partake in Imogen's care?
2: No, I don't have contact, and I am not sure where he is, so but that's that's his choice.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And Imogen has no conception of her father in her life. I'm not does sure she? Because,
2: I'm not sure because when he first left and he would come around to pick them up and she, I mean, she's a cheeky little thing. Yes. One time I took her around to see him and he went to kiss her and she turned her head away. <laughs> Another time when, um, <coughs> sorry, um, he went to pick him up. She um, she clung to me. She didn't want to go. Oh,
0: <coughs> okay. I don't know. Yep. Yeah, so, so whilst she appears to have some cognitive ability, she can't verbalise that though.
2: No, but she can tell you in her face, like she can pull faces at you. <laughs> that's really cute. <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't know that she's got conception of what's going on, but she flutters her eyelashes at good-looking men.
0: Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm.
2: That's, <laughs> that's particularly she's got, cool. She's got good taste. <laughs> that's gorgeous. That's <laughs> yeah
0: gorgeous um one of the other questions was around the biscuits at daycare when she first remember the story we're talking about um when she was copying the behavior of the kids in daycare i think
2: so so she you know see that they'd sit her up at the table with all the other kids and so she'd just do what the other kids did and one day they said to me oh she really likes those biscuits and i was like what I don't see her biscuit. She's gonna choke. I mash everything up. So yes, she did eat biscuits. She did used to eat biscuits. She liked dry biscuits. She used to actually feed herself, but she's deteriorated over the time with her seizures and things. So yes, yes. she did eat
0: biscuits. Cheeky. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> Christine, does she still have seizures?
2: She does. She does have seizures, and it's a matter of managing the best that we can, and and to keep loving her. Yeah.
0: Yes, yes. And are they a regular occurrence? Like is it something that happens to her daily?
2: Yes, it does happen daily sometimes. Oh,
0: the poor sometimes
2: darling. more often than the others. Um, so, yeah, just at the moment we're managing through different medications to try and, try and manage her seizures. But, you know, aside from all that, she smiles at me, you know, over COVID, we've been going for nice walks, and you know she smiles, yes. and you know that's it's just beautiful when she's you know the smile. Yes. When, when when they were younger, you know I'd go to get up Imogen, I'd go to get up Auraria, my older daughter, and I'd go in to get you know Auraria up, and like oh, do I have to get up, mummy? <laughs> get up, Imogen, just big smile, like hello, mummy, you know. <laughs> oh,
0: then, that's yeah, she's sweet. <laughs> that's beautiful. Um. The next question is, how is it for you to leave to do things with your older child?
2: I think that question was about how did I manage to do that? And yes. first I practiced little steps, leaving her with support workers at home. Yes. And then we I gradually made it a bit longer and a bit longer. It did take a lot of planning and a uh, brave decisions because yes. If you're a support if you're a carer, you'll understand how hard it is to leave your person. I can't around.
0: imagine. I can't imagine.
2: So it is hard. So it, it took and I still kind of hold my breath every time I do. So it takes big decisions yeah. and it takes organization and it takes practice. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I managed to do that.
0: Yeah. Um the next question was around, do you have in-home care when you're away? You have in-home care daily, don't you, Christine?
2: I have in-home care most days, not every day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just like to spend time just with Imogen because as much as it's helpful, sometimes it's an imposition to have other people in your house. But I have I yeah. have access to care in-house,
0: yes. Yeah. And if you need to have a break, you have what we call respite care, which is care that the carer gets so that you can have a break.
2: So so we used to get respite care when before NDIS. Oh that's now, right, yes. Now the person with a disability gets the support and it starting so it, it turned on its head when we got NDIS. Now the person with a disability gets support and there was a change in the language and for me it was like, well, she's getting the support so I can get out, I can go to work, I can do I stood in a federal election, so I got support to do that. Yes. It's not about, you know, carers were all like, oh, you know, we're not getting respite anymore. But for me, Imogen was getting the support and that's what's needed.
0: And you actually felt like she got more and better care once the NDIS rolled in.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, because before I'd get five hours a month, whereas now she gets support. Because NDIS is to support the person to live as normal a life as possible. So that's different to giving me five hours of respite a month. That's supporting her in her to be the best that she can be.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for those, in case we've got some listeners who didn't hear our first show with Christine, um, Christine, can you quickly explain what the NDIS is in Australia, so in case our listeners missed that show?
2: So National Disability Insurance Scheme is, prior to NDIS, organisations, so non-government organisations and not-for-profits would get buckets of money, so they would get sums of money which they then had to go and support people with disabilities or carers. So they had limited buckets of money and they had to figure out who would get some money and who wouldn't. So some people got together and I I was part of that campaign by standing in the state election. We campaigned to have something that supported the person with a disability to be the best that they can be. So in 2013, everything turned on its head when NDIS was made an act of parliament. So now we have National Disability Insurance Scheme, which supports the individual rather than giving out these buckets of money. Yeah,
0: yeah. So Can explain it, it? Yeah, so it's a much better system for mm. supporting the special needs uh, child or adult as well as helping their carer. So we're very lucky to have this system in Australia and I feel actually privileged to be talking to Christine who had so much involvement in getting this up off the ground because it had a fundamental impact on the millions of people that care for um, humanity with disability. And there's quite a lot of... uh, carers across australia i'm not sure what happens in america but i do know having talked to christine about this that this has been a wonderful thing for australians because it's not it's not the fault of the mother or the child to have a child born with a disability these things happen by virtue of humanity but i do think as a society it's incumbent on us Mm. to support those people and those children born with special needs. And Um, and
2: it is is incumbent on us because we get so much out of them. We get so much, I've got so much out of Imogen because she's shown me a different way, a new way to live and be more flexible. And perhaps we should talk about, we should say, people with disabilities. I think maybe if there's some different language listeners, maybe special needs has confused them a bit. So it's about people or children with disabilities, yeah.
0: And and that's a, it's a wide range of disabilities. Right. So it, it, it's from cases like Imogen's to children born with spinal issues to uh, cerebral palsy to a whole range of genetic disorders that's that right. we sup, uh, supply the support for so that they get the opportunity to live their best life for as long as that they're with us. That's right. Um, Christine, thank you so much for coming back on um, the program. I know you have a busy, busy life, and I just adore having you on to answer people's oh, questions.
2: It's been lovely. I've been, I'm enjoying this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's good. For our listeners, I've actually popped up um, a, a link to Christine's book where you can actually download a free chapter from her book uh, not just imogen's mother um, I'm, i've put it up twice in the chat box so just have a look and um, jump onto christine's uh, website download one of those free chapters or indeed buy the book because it's a beautiful story of one woman's journey all that she's had to go through and all that she's accomplished in the background of what one would see as tremendously trying situations. So, Christine, thank you for coming on Radio Tony again and answering our gorgeous listeners' questions. I look forward to further shows with you. Uh, We have some, Christine and I have some more shows coming up in January um, on another station. But thank you so much for coming on again today. And I'll let you go now because I know you've got a busy day.
2: Okay, you have a great day too. Merry Christmas.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Christine, and bye for now all right my wonderful listeners so the rest of the show you've got me and i thought that today, I'd talk about some of the things that have been happening across the world in terms of good news. So, as I've been talking about this weather system in Queensland, the strength and height of the waves over here have been tremendous. So, we're talking about 10 12 meter waves um, crashing onto the Queensland New South Wales coast, which over here. Um, stirs up what we call sea foam, and it's like a big foam party on the beach. Except that it's quite, um, it's not fluffy. It, it is fluffy rather, but it's not white. It's kind of a dirty brown. But this sea foam creates lots of fun for children and it sort of converges from the sea, up the banks, onto the streets. And from one of the stories today uh, on Good News, we hear about Hazel the dog who panicked and ran into the sea foam that was being washed up by the high seas and got lost in the foam sea surf. And so this poor woman was trying to find her pup who was disguised and hidden in the sea foam, and she eventually was able to grab someone else, and they began calling for her. And eventually, she jumped up, popped up um, a number of meters, quite a long way away from her owner, but was found safely. So, the dogs think that the sea foam uh, for adventurous and uh, happy-go-lucky pups. They think that the sea foam is something wonderful to play in, and they often run into it, not realizing that. Underneath the one or two meters of sea foam is a boiling surf water system. So, good news for Hazel. She was rescued and reunited with her mum. On other interesting news this week, I've heard that prince harry and his wife megan will host and produce a special holiday podcast with the hope of uplifting and entertaining audiences the podcast will be released on spotify and the duke and duchess of sussex will later release this first podcast of to share their own inspirational stories from the past 12 months Uh, Spotify's released a three-minute teaser of the podcast and the couple's newly formed production called Archie Well Audio. So it's been quite an interesting year and I want to round out this last uh, show before Christmas with a little bit of an overview of some of the interviews that I found most interesting this year. We have had amazing authors talking about their books their journeys to writing and the stories behind their books. I've also had the pleasure of interviewing a couple of really young and amazing entrepreneurs. One of those was a young gentleman called Elliot Connor, who is who lives in uh, New South Wales in um, Australia, and who is the CEO of multiple platforms across the world. Uh, aimed at conserving our planet. His company is called Human Projects, and it was one of my favourite interviews this year to talk to a 17-year-old who manages 104 projects across the planet whilst completing senior school. If you want to catch up on Elliot's uh, interview, you'll find it on the link that will pop into the uh, chat box in a moment. I also had the pleasure of talking to a 14 year old from the UK. Now, Vanessa uh, styles herself as a speaker she's an author she has her own streaming tv show called inspiring vanessa and she talks to other teenagers and young adults but she was a very impressive young woman to talk to with lots of dreams and visions for the future and i have to say that those two interviews with the young people that will be leading us into the future was very inspiring for me and again a great privilege to talk to these young people and hear about about what drives them what drives them forward and their visions for the future again you'll be able to find those replays of those interviews in the link I'll pop up in the moment so 2020 has been really challenging for many many people and it's not just been challenging in terms of COVID, which I will uh, relate to in a minute, but there's been lots of other things happening for many people. I've got friends who have battled multiple family emergencies. So, one of my closest friends has had a daughter recently diagnosed with cancer. She's had a daughter attempt suicide. She's had uh, grandchildren with struggles and bullying and multiple other really quite traumatic things all in one year. So for most people, these things happen, you know, one at a time. But this friend of mine has had these Traumatic things happen again and again this year. And um, I've actually been privileged to do a show called Tackling Trauma with Tracy and Tony on BBS Radio. And we've done a series of approximately 10 shows on tackling trauma because we felt that it was so important to help people deal with the trauma that has been 2020. For some people, It's not bothered them much at all, but for many, many, many other people, there's been all sorts of challenges across 2020. I know for me, uh, the year started with a wonderful visit to a women's only retreat in Fiji with the beautiful Elizabeth Gilbert. You might know the name Elizabeth Gilbert. She is the author of Eat, Pray, Love. And her uh, movie of the same name, Eat, Pray, Love, uh, Elizabeth was played by Julia Roberts. It's a wonderful movie to watch, and I'm sure it's available on any of your streaming uh, movie channels across the world. And I spent the week in Fiji with Elizabeth Gilbert and about 250 other wonderful women on a little island that was uniquely ours. And I've never experienced a women's only retreat before. And I can tell you, I can't wait to experience the next one. It's very cathartic uh, week away uh, by myself with amazing speakers and wonderful workshops, anything from painting to voice work and how to project your voice, to face reading, chakras, healing, anything that you could think of that was inspirational or healing in nature was available at that resort and over that retreat. So I indulged in feet massages, massages, uh, Reiki, reflexology and a whole range of things and I arrived back home to the start of the COVID pandemic and I'd never felt better in my life which retrospectively was good because 2020 has been challenging to say the least. This year I've had to learn uh, to enforce boundaries that value myself and keep me safe and protect the healing that I've invested in myself. And those boundaries were around family members and making sure that I tried to keep toxic conversations and toxic people out of my life. For myself, That's been incredibly difficult because I'm a people pleaser. I like to be the person who uh, keeps the peace. I like to bring people together. And as you know, I'm really interested in other people's stories. So having to put boundaries around really close family members has been an incredible struggle for me. And um, there's been many, many tears shed And I've had to do lots more inner work on myself to realize that if I don't look after myself, no one else will. If I don't value myself and what I do, no one else will. I'm telling you people that unless you fill your cup first, you will not be able to fill other people's cup. And I love what I do. I love inspiring people and so I want to be able to keep doing that. And that means that I have to look after myself. That, so that means a whole of life approach. And for some of you who have um, delved into the work of Brene Brown who talks about living a whole hearted life, which uh, basically means living the best life you can, being the best person you can picking the things that you're passionate about and having a vision and a mission that keeps you on track. It also means that you make choices about the types of people you allow in and around your life. And one of the reoccurring lessons from 2020 has been around the idea that you are the sum total of of the five most important people you allow in and around your life and that's harder to do than it is to say because making those boundaries that keep yourself safe and having the types of people in and around you that encourage you that hold you up that have your back that's often harder than you think it is as an Australian, we suffer from what is called tall poppy syndrome. So for us, at any one time, there's people throwing daggers our way. How dare you decide to have a radio show of your own? How dare you decide to speak to people in an open, honest and vulnerable way? How dare you talk about the dysfunction in your life and your family? So those are the sorts of things that have i've uh, been dealing with this year and i have to say i'm grateful to be coming into the end of the year grateful that i've made it through the year and grateful that i do what i do and i get to talk to the amazing people i talk to each week via radio tony We've got some big plans in 2020 and one of those will be the launch of Tony TV on Binge Networks in 2021 where you will be able to see lots of videos and educational stories and I will also be adding all of my podcasts of all of the shows and making them into series, probably around authors inspirational stories and business and I'll be loading those up over Christmas which I'm really looking forward to. Um, Before uh, we get to the end of the show I guess we can't get through this show and talk on 2020 without talking about COVID-19 and as we go to air the state of COVID-19 is still causing immense concern across the world In the US alone, there are approximately 17.3 million, there has been rather, approximately 17.3 million cases with current deaths sitting at 314,000 people with approximately 2,957 deaths per day. These are shocking statistics. And as a vaccine rolls out across uh, the USA and the UK, many uh, European countries are going back into lockdown. So the UK, Germany, to name a few, are going back into lockdown as we head into Christmas. I'm not sure where the US stands around lockdown, but I do know that from Australia's experience, it has been the reason that we are essentially COVID-free on our little island in the Pacific. When I say little island, we're actually not much smaller than the than America, but our population is significantly smaller than yours. Um, from my perspective, my heart breaks for Americans today, particularly for those who keep thinking that the virus is some sort of conspiracy. The virus is not a conspiracy. The reason why you're being asked to wash your hands, wear a mask and social distance is about protection of the greater community. This is what is best for humanity it is not impacting on your freedoms it is not uh impacting on the way you will live indefinitely this is just a a time and place where we need to adhere to the things that we know that will keep you safe so wearing a mask washing your hands social distancing not going into crowds and not going out when you're sick are all good things i'm a little angry today that as i constantly hear the rhetoric that it is a conspiracy and this is being spurred on by your ex-president who has who is indeed uh, largely responsible for the out of control virus statistics in america at the moment I don't think that people realise that this is so much more than our cases, and it's so much more than the fact that for many people, this is just a nasty cold or flu. This is about protecting your hospitals and healthcare system, protecting your nurses and doctors, because they are dying in record numbers, because people don't. Believe this virus is real. It is real. It is having an impact. And I think that if we all wore masks, washed our hands, and maintained social distance, it would all come to a conclusion in a more timely fashion. At the moment, the virus is enjoying, I'm not sure enjoying is the right word, uh, renewed upswells of waves of the virus, second, third and fourth waves of the virus. And I know as an Australian that you guys do and are able to control this. We've done it, but it means things like lockdowns, social distancing, closing places where great amounts of people congregate. These are tough decisions. But the toughness results in a fairly normal way of life for us here in Australia. We can move freely now. We are able to go across state borders and visit. And for us, watching what's happening across the rest of the world is horrendous. And I wish that you had leadership, particularly in America, that had kept you safer than you have been. So I just wanted to finalise that whole COVID discussion that people say, oh, it's just fear-mongering and spreading fear. I would suggest that the converse is true. What is it that keeps people saying that this virus is not true, that this virus is a conspiracy? I would hazard a guess that that in itself is fear, fear of the future, fear and not understanding what this virus has the capacity to do. And I appreciate that for many of you, you would rather take the chance with the uh, statistic of the, the the smallest amount of percentage in deaths and say, well, it's not going to affect me, but it will affect someone close to you. With that level of virus in the Ameri- in, in America It will affect you in some way. You will know someone who dies. You will know someone who has it and has not much effect. You will know someone who has long-term effects. And you will know someone who uh, takes months and months to get over it. That's what's going to happen. So um, whilst I appreciate that everyone has a right to believe what they want to believe, I just ask you that going into Christmas when you're travelling and meeting with family that you wear a mask, wash your hands, social distance and protect yourself and the other people around you because even if you get a mild case, what if you gave it to someone with no immunity who then dies? What if you gave it to the nurse looking after you who doesn't have the immunity because she's tired, he or she is tired from working constantly for six months without much break, with no holidays, working long shifts. What if you gave it to her or him and they died? That's the reality you're facing. So whilst it might not appear to be anything more than a cold and flu to you, in other people, it kills and maims. And that's the greatest story behind COVID. So I'm going to finish on uh, my COVID rhetoric today. Suffice to say that I feel very blessed to live in a country like Australia, where we have an amazing healthcare system, where we have robust track and trace systems, where we have mass testing, and where we have hospitals that haven't been forced to cancel elective surgery due to COVID ramifications. I feel very blessed to live in Australia and very lucky that our leadership took the threat seriously and enacted our pandemic protocols quickly and adequately so that now we see very, very few cases, hardly any community transmission, and the only cases we see are coming in from the rest of the world. And uh, or everyone who comes into Australia has to go into mandated uh, quarantine, no ifs, no buts, you must go and quarantine for two weeks if you're coming into Australia, at which time you will be tested and only allowed to go once you are declared COVID free. So going into 2021, I want to remind you all that many of the spiritual gurus across the planet are tipping that 2021 holds wondrous abundance for many, many people. We are heading into what has been termed the new Aquarius age, which is an age for heightened awareness around spirituality and consciousness so that my friends means that you and your life can be what you want it to be the age of aquarius brings with it that higher level of understanding about what we can create if we change the way that we think And I like to use this little analogy from um, one of the um, people that I interviewed this year. If you think about the wonderful inventions of the last couple of centuries, if you think, for instance, about the car, now the car came from a thought in someone's mind, did it not? No one knew about cars. So before cars, there were horse and carts. And someone's imagination decided to uh, have a thought about what an automobile would look like. And from that thought and from that imagination became a car. So what I'm trying to say today is that your mind and your brains hold the wealth of the world that you can imagine. Anything that you want to. And once you imagine it in your mind, you are taking the first step towards creating that in your life. So over the Christmas break, I'd like you all to have a few sessions of imagination. So pop yourself into a nice quiet space with a big piece of paper and dare to dream. I want you to think about what your best life looks like for you. This is completely up to you. And your best life is your best life. It's not based on what my best life looks like or what Rebel's best life looks like. It's your best life. And I encourage you to sit down with a piece of paper and if money was no object, there were no objects to you whatsoever in the world, I want you to write down in great detail what your best life looks like for you. So I know that this works because I've done it many, many times and my imagination and my vision started out really small. Many, many years ago, I had a dream of being on a rural property surrounded by acreage with a creek and animals. And I always wanted goats. I thought that I wanted alpacas or llamas. I wanted a big ride on mower and a whole heap of other things. So that initial vision idea or allowing my imagination to run wild, that was back in 2008. And my very first visions were simply about enjoying happiness, healthiness, and having wonderful people in and around me. And all of those things have transpired. They've all come true. And as one vision came true, I started imagining what the next would look like. And then once that came true, the next one. So I'm trying to leave you with some uh, Christmas jobs to do, if you like, because Christmas is often a time where we actually can grab a few minutes of downtime. And so I want to encourage you, my wonderful listeners, to step into your imagination and to write what your ideal life looks like. What does that mean for you? For some people, that might be a wonderful little unit in a high-rise looking out over your favourite city in the world. For other people, that might be living sustainably in Alaska. For other people, that might be having a show of your own or having the courage to speak in public. Whatever it is, I want you to write it down. And I want you to read it every single day for 30 days straight. And when you do that, I want to see and hear from you about the changes that happen in your life. Now, these visions don't have to be huge, grand schemes of luxury cars, etc., etc. That's not how mine started. Mine simply started that I wanted health and healing for myself and my family. I wanted an amazing man in my life and I wanted to live rurally, surrounded by acreage with animals that I loved and adored. All of that's come true. Um, And I have to tell you that some of the vision work that I've done in the last two years is all coming true now. And in 2021, I want to talk a bit more about these subjects with some amazing um, guests on the show. I want to keep doing the uh, spotlight on the author's show so you get to listen to the amazing people who write books. And again, what if one of your visions is to write a book? I want you to practice writing down your vision and speaking it out loud every day for 30 days. And then I want to hear from you. I want you to email me and let me know what has happened in your life. I want to hear from you. So I'm going to pop up my email address and it's info at radiotony.com. And that is my radio tony email and it will come directly to me and i want to know um probably in january how this exercise is going for you and i'd love if you feel like you want to share your vision or what your ideal life looks like i'd love for you to share that with me too so wonderful listeners thank you very much for joining me this year in 2020 i wish you all an amazing Christmas and I want no more than for you to be safe and happy um, a big shout out to the gorgeous rebel who is my radio technician here at W4WN who gets me on the show each and every week and who uploads my podcast for me and who is genuinely the most delightfully gorgeous woman in the universe Or woman, I feel that I know, but haven't actually physically met. So, how wondrous is that? That I feel so close to someone I haven't met so wonderful people and listeners on W4WN today this is Radio Tony and we are out of time have an amazing Christmas wishing you all a blessed fabulous amazing time with family and friends and a happy time over Christmas and please don't forget send me an email I'd love to hear from you info at radio tony.com. and best of luck writing about those ideal lives and your vision for the future that's it for this week i'll join you all next year in 2021 for another fabulous year of radio tony on w4wn over to you now rebel and bye everyone
1: radio tony your safe space for tough conversations exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery radio tony a platform for the unheard. Radio Tony. With Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty.
2: What you free? You to me,
1: Radio Tony. Tony, Tony. Radio Tony. What you free? Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Yeah. Radio Tony back next Thursday from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Mom.